Welcome to the Marvel Universe. This is the Countdown to Infinity. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to Almost Nerdy. I'm Shalom. And I'm Courtney. We're the Happy Hipsters. And on today's episode, we are discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay, we we really enjoyed this one. It was, I think this is the one we quote the most. Yes, we definitely talk about yeah. this movie a lot. So I'm very, very excited to dive into this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing is like, I just feel like there's so much more depth to Volume 2 than yeah. Volume 1 of Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. So... Yeah. I am very excited. That's why I'm also excited that this week is a double feature. So if mm-hmm. you didn't check out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, mm-hmm. we also have that up this week because it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's and Day. And we love you. Love. Love. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney is is in the singing mood this I month. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Let's start with our game. With our game. So... Yes. Two sentence summary. Uh huh. <laughs> Name of the game. Pretty simple. We have two sentences to summarize the movie. Mm. So, do you want to go first this week, Shalom? I will go first. Okay. Because I know, like, mine is, is boring and yours is going to be awesome. No, mine's boring <laughs> too this week. I couldn't come up with anything too clever. Oh, okay. So, okay. okay. You spent so much time. So I was like, oh, she's plotting something. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Um, Peter Quill meets his father and all seems peachy, but soon they find out that he is a bad boy. They would have to slap silly. Wow. Oh, I, I don't know what a slap sound sounds like. Okay. <laughs> but I try to make a sound. Okay. Are you ready for mine? <laughs> yeah. Golden people, evil planet, and harbulary batteries. Oh, my. And in other old school references, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. What? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, you, you said you have no special one. It's you not to that catch me off guard. It's not that special. And it worked. It worked. You see, this is why we trust because <laughs> Courtney, Courtney's on a roll. Courtney's on a roll. I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to push you creatively. Yeah. True. True. I, 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 I've been rhyming, and I'm starting to realize that like I need to step it up a little bit. So I might, I might have to. Have to do some 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 planning ahead. Yeah. A lot of planning ahead. Yeah. To get myself ahead of the game. <laughs> of the game. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to it the is nerd a competition. meter. <laughs> oh, and the other thing I want to say is we are going to move the voting to Saturdays. Yeah. We thought that Saturday would make more sense. Uh, yes. Both for our schedule and mm. for everybody else's schedule. So we will be posting our two sentence summaries on our Instagram, the underscore happy underscore hipsters on Saturdays. on Instagram on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. There you can vote. You'll be able to listen to the summary again and you can vote for who you think did a better job summarizing. Yes. Yes. I, I, I won't even try and say it's me because it's not. You sound awesome. That was really good. Thanks. Okay. Time for our second game. Time to rate the movie on the nerd Yay. scale. Let's rate it. Today's nerd scale mm-hmm. is a scale of one to I am genetically designed to be superior of the sovereign. Ooh. So a 10 is that you were genetically altered to be perfect by the sovereign. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So where would you rate this movie? By the sovereign. Okay. I would say that I am Rocket if he was made by the sovereign. Oh. 
Yeah. What number is that? As a 10. <gasps> wow, a 10. A 10. I give it a 10. Yay. I was going to say that I'm Aisha. You Aisha? Yeah, I am Aisha. <laughs> oh, my word. I am gold and beautiful, yes, and are. I also create perfection, and I'm the leader of, of it. Yes, you are. Yes. You you create perfection. You are beautiful. I don't know about the gold, but. I want to be gold and shiny. Gold and shiny. Yep. That's me. <laughs> I also give it a 10. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This movie just I and it's funny because I think the first movie was good I think mm. it was very different yes. from anything that we've seen so far it's obscure mm. characters you know just kind of what we went through in the in mm. our first podcast but this movie really brings it to a new level yeah it really yeah. really does yeah um, so my first question though mm. music wise because music is a huge thing in yes. this in yes. these movies uh-huh would you say you like volume one or volume two more I would say volume one Definitely, because the songs are just more popular. Mm-hmm. Volume two, the songs are popular, but they're not as like as poppy. If that makes sense, like they're yeah. more on the fringe than anything else. I mean, at that time, there must have been like really like hits. Yeah. But right now, it does seem to me like at least to me, they they felt less familiar than volume one. Yeah, I agree. I think that I just love volume one like mm. i just love the songs on there i think they're all class. i mean in the second movie also all classics right but i think the thing that i like about volume two like if i had to choose just to listen i would pick volume one mm. but the thing that i love about volume two is i really feel like they wrote the music into the script right and it the right. music right really adds to it like right. a lot and mm. i have to say like my favorite favorite song in there is the chain by fleetwood mac yeah. first of all i grew up listening to fleetwood mac my dad mm. was really into like all of these rock bands like mm. i all of these rock bands i was like i remember listening to all of these when i was a kid wow but especially fleetwood mac and i just i like fleetwood mac in general because they remind me of guardians of the galaxy right where they were friends and like they became like family and then they like broke up and like but they were still writing music so mm. like that song, I think, really encompasses that moment. I really think that it encompasses the moment in the beginning where, like, you see them and they're together and right. they're fighting and, like, right. they're fighting well as a team, but yeah. they're interpersonally, yeah. they're fighting too. Yeah. They're bickering. They have all of these issues and they yeah. haven't quite, like, worked out what they look like mm. as a team, as, mm. like, an, as a family unit, mm. as opposed to just like okay we just fight stuff like before right. i think they were kind of like inconveniently conveniently end up together mm, <laughs> if that makes yes, any sense yes so i do i do think that yeah i i i i loved the fact that yeah they did that they they really placed the songs really well mm-hmm. to the storyline mm-hmm. and my favorite moment was when 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 yondu passes away and spoiler alert of course <laughs> <laughs> too late i just feel like i just had a drax moment where he's like watch out <laughs> <laughs> to um when mantis gets hit by the rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh say the spoiler and then watch out, people... <laughs> watch out! <laughs> yeah so i really like the fact that they they placed that song uh father and son as they were as they were grieving yondu 
and I thought that was really good. And I love how you know Crag uh, Crag Craggle is that how you say Craglin. it. Uh, how he just starts like going like yeah, and you yeah. see the emotion, you feel the emotion. You know, everyone is kind of like really engaged a moment, and there are those fire, the beautiful fireworks, mm. and it's just like amazing, an amazing moment. And the song was perfect for that. You actually like feel the emotion of of loss, the emotion, mm. the pain of it, and you engage with it. So that was awesome. Yeah. Although, wouldn't you consider that song Volume Three technically? Because I think Volume Three is the zoom that was given to him. Ooh. So that song might actually I mean, technically be Volume Volume Three. I mean, it's Volume Two. Was it's, it's in that movie? Oh, okay. I think. I think. Well, see, I both. consider at the end of of Volume One, the mm. very last song, "Ain't yeah. Mountain High Enough." I consider yeah. that to be part of Volume Two. That's interesting. I, I mean, I mean that that could be it. Like, I mean, it could. That's one way to see it. But I don't. I think because it's in that movie, movie, I do it by movie, not by by like oh this tape or that. Tape. I go by the technical. <laughs> it has to be technically correct. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to talk about something else. Let's talk about how Baby Groot literally steals this movie. Oh my word! Baby. Grew oh my word from the very first scene when you first see him and he comes uh-huh. out yeah. oh my gosh and he does that whole dance routine the dance routine that like i mean that's probably one of the most talked about parts of the movie yeah and and just the the way that he just like i, I don't even know how like, how they came up with that the way they're like you know what baby Groot does best is dance <laughs> he dances and that was just amazing it was amazing can i tell you something that i didn't get mm at all like i just thought that like everybody was calling him baby group but like mm. in my head he was still old group so i just mm. assumed that he got like old group's memories mm. but he's like a toddler like yeah. watching this again recently i was like oh my gosh like he's actually a toddler he's yeah. a baby that's why like yeah he doesn't get anything like yeah. that's why he's i mean big group was not the most intelligent mm. <laughs> but he was a lot more intelligent than mm-hmm. baby Groot, and it's yeah. like that's what makes that whole scene make a lot more sense when baby Groot has to set up the has to set the up bomb. the bomb <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was like why is he not getting this like baby Groot, <laughs> stop being so silly like i'm, I'm Groot. yes <laughs> i'm Groot. yes i'm Groot. no that's the same <laughs> yeah, the scotch tape scene is uh, perfect. That part gets me yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's There's so just funny. so many awesome moments in this movie that I thought like really brought out the characters. Mm. And you touched on how like you said like how the first movie was great, but this one is is so much more depth and yeah. I think some of that is like they were more confident with the characters. Yeah. Because they were trying something new, something different. And so I can understand why the characters didn't really go too deep in terms of, in terms of their interaction. Mm-hmm. There are hints of, of that in terms of like the, the funny side of it. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they were so much more confident going into this movie. And they executed that really well. Yeah. And also, the other thing that I was really happy with with Baby Groot is like sometimes you can create a character that is just like so cute like Mm. they know it's gonna be cute and i would i would almost compare this to in the the third star wars movie or i guess the sixth star wars movie Mm. the one the one with the ewoks 
the Ewoks. Where it's like you yeah. have these cute little teddy bears and you're like, oh, they're so cute. Right. But like right. they actually did give Groot depth. They did. They actually did. They did. And like I think you see that at the very end when the whole time he's hated Drax. The whole entire mm-hmm. movie he's mm-hmm. hated Drax. But at the end he wants to go to Drax and that's where he falls asleep. And yeah. So I do think like he's more – they didn't just rely on him as like a comedic factor or mm. like a cute factor. They mm-hmm. didn't rely on that. Although people love Baby Groot. They do. I think everybody loves Baby Groot. Yep. <laughs> so I – but I was very – pleased with the fact that they didn't just yeah. they didn't do any like cheap tricks with him mm. almost there weren't any like cheap yeah feel, nothing yeah. about it felt cheap it, it yeah. felt very authentic very real mm. and I, I really did appreciate that about this yeah. yeah that was awesome and i think that it was a great well they knew they were taking a risk yeah and so they also needed to give the character depth you know, needed to, mm. grew to contribute to to the whole conversation, and yeah. I, I, I just one other part, one other baby Groot moment is when they are asking him to get uh, Yondi's um, <laughs> his the, fin, the fin thing, and and he's just getting all the wrong things, <laughs> and then he gets the arm, and they're like, no, the toe, the yeah, yes, the toe, and they're like, let's just agree never <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> I like when when they find out why he doesn't like hats. He puts it on his head. <laughs> yes. One second you're looking at him and you, you're thinking that person has a weird shaped head and then you find out it's a hat. <laughs> but that's why you don't like hats. <laughs> uh, and I love how like how Rocket is like it, like interprets. Like, yeah. Just, like Groot, Groot says something to Yondu and then Yondu asks for interpretation and then <laughs> Rocket is like, he said, welcome to the freaking gardens of the galaxy. Except he didn't say freaking. <laughs> it was like it was like we're gonna have to have a conversation about your language. <laughs> Gru is so naughty. He's naughty. always naughty. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really like that interaction there with with Rocket and Yandu. Mm. And I have to say, I think that they did a lot of really interesting pairings in they this did. movie. They did. So you've got you mainly have Quill with Ego. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got Gamora and Nebula together, and yes. you've got Rocket and Yondu. Mm-hmm. So you've got very like interesting, mm-hmm. interesting type of connections going on mm-hmm. where Drax, they have Drax to talk. Oh yeah, and Mantis. Mantis, yes, yes, which is interesting because Drax doesn't talk about emotions. He doesn't. So that's why the one scene where he talks about the the memory of taking his daughter and his mm-hmm. wife to that one lake yes. is so significant because mm-hmm. you. When Mantis touches him, she starts crying. Yeah. And you would yeah. never see that emotion from him. Mm-hmm. But you get to feel it in that moment. Yes. Which is why I do really like that pairing. Although, they're very interesting. Yeah. Why, like, why do you think they get along? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I th- I think I think he just, he finds her, int- I think he, he finds it interesting in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the way that she can, like, kind of, like, extract emotions of what you said. Like, yeah. He, he, maybe he does want to have that, like, expression. Mm. And I think he finds that, like, really, like... Like, intriguing. Intriguing, but also kind of, like, it almost relaxes him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but it's, it's, their whole, like, relationship is a little weird to watch. And he, he, he insults her quite a lot. Yeah. Of, like, he's like, oh, you're ugly, you know? <laughs> And then in the end, he's like, that's so beautiful. And he's like, and so are you on the inside. On the inside. <laughs> he's, I actually really like, there's one line yeah. that he says to her. And he's like, he's like, you're lucky that you're ugly. When you're ugly 
and someone loves you, you know mm. that they love you for who you are. Yeah. And I think that, that I think that even just speaks to that to all of the Guardians of the Galaxy because mm. they all kind of have like ugly past, you could say, mm-hmm. or like they all kind of have these like really hurt kind of backgrounds. Right. And the fact that they get along and like I think Drax is kind of hinting at this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's significant. The fact mm. that they can all find something that they like about each other. Right. I think that, that right. that's super, super significant. Right. And I like I right. like that a lot. Right. And, and it makes the friendships even, like, deeper. Yeah. The fact that they, they, they can be themselves around each other because they yeah. all have kind of, like, some kind of dirt, you know? Yeah. And... And I think that allows them to understand some of those issues as they try and navigate even some of those moral conversations about yeah. stealing, or, yeah. you know, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I think they are trying to like work that out and they're probably the only ones that could understand each other. Yeah. Just because know? of like their hurt yes. past. Yeah. It, re- it reminds me a lot of the, the one part when Gamora is kind of realizing that ego, like ego might not be who he who he like says he is mm. mm-hmm. quill's like you said like you said that you wanted me to meet my father and all mm. that and she's like yeah but like something's wrong here and he's like i'm finally meeting my family and she's like i thought we were family mm. you know and and i just think that that is like oh that that gutted me that yeah. really gutted me because yeah. it's like when you yeah. have when you don't have a good relationship and like we dive into that with her and Nebula. Nebula's like, all I wanted was a sister. Mm. You know, you're fighting me, you're fighting me, but like, all yeah. I wanted was a sister. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to de- dive into that with my theme, kind of these like unspoken things that can happen between mm. families that end up like just creating a wedge yeah. and you get farther and farther apart without yeah. even realizing it. Yeah. But yeah, I I really liked that one part. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And and Peter Quill's relationship with his dad was mm. very interesting to see to see some of those things. It it's it's almost like like you mentioned the whole family concept. It's almost like Peter Peter was chasing after an ideal. There's an yeah. ideal he was looking yeah. for. And ego turned out to be the exact thing that he he was hoping for in a father. Yeah. And Eagle even says that he's like, I tried to appeal to you, like, yes. how to, and he ends up actually becoming David David Hasselhoff, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he he's like, mm. I wanted to appeal to you, so he had kind of like this rock star, mm. like kind of mm. like rugged look to him, like yeah. he wanted to appeal to him the way that mm-hmm. that he would want. Yeah, he would connect with. Yeah, and connect with, and mm-hmm. it's funny. I actually had this one conversation with Shalom earlier this weekend. I thought it was just. It's just interesting. I asked Shalom when they make, when he's learning how to use the light. And um, yeah. Shalom, I asked Shalom, I was like, is throwing a ball, is that like American? Like, is that an American thing? Mm. Like playing catch with your dad? I was like, do yeah. you guys even do that? Because, I mean, that's a baseball thing. Baseball's pretty American. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It is. Like, it's not, that's not, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, the baseball glove. Yeah. I, I remember I got a baseball glove one time. When I was a kid, and I never used it, like literally never well, used it. Because you guys it. don't play baseball. Just, yeah, we don't play baseball. We we play we have cricket and soccer and soccer and so and you don't play football either, right? And we don't do like you don't have the like let's just throw this ball to each other type of relationship. You know, we don't have that. That's not a thing. And so that actually, that actually, yeah, is an American thing. Uh, I, unless if there's another part of the world where they do that, which I doubt, but. 
to me, it's it American. did. It just seemed very American. Yeah. But even even knowing that, even ego knowing that, like that, that would because he tried he tried to mix his DNA with a lot of different cultures. Races. So he would have mm. he would have tried lots of different ways to connect. He would have done his research to make sure that you know all of that goes without a glitch. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and I think I think it's it's sad, just you know even the fact that he was also killing kids and stuff mm. like that and. Yeah, like you can. I mean, I I would assume that he did some sort of research on each each race, because he even mentions that like he found at the end of it all, he was just like all of this is meaningless. He he thought he was lonely. He was he was by himself, mm-hmm. and then finally he like he's like wow, there are other people. And then he's like oh, you're all kind of boring, I guess. <laughs> and then he decides oh, I'm gonna like infect myself to the whole universe. And make everything like like me, and it's kind of like it's kind of like kind of crazy, a twisted, you know. Really, he had no connection yeah. he with had no anyone. Connection with any, or he found those connections meet like not worth it. You know what I mean? I mean, his name's Ego, so he really right. only thinks of himself. He was he felt like he was better. Yeah. So he was going like, oh, I'm better than anybody else, and so all that connection that he had with other people, he was like, meh. It's kind of like, like, oh, this is boring. Yeah, another kind of ego question. Like, what do you think about him putting the tumor in her head, in Lily's head? Like, what do you think about yeah. that? Because it's, I find it really interesting that he, for me at least, he's immortal. He says that to Peter. He's like, we're immortal. Mm-hmm. We have this celestial gene. Mm-hmm. So they live forever. And Lily is not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in his time frame, it's like a blink mm-hmm. of his eye. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why would he not just wait? I think he saw her uh, just as a distraction. He wanted to do everything. Like, he he, he says, I found meaning, mm. you know. And and I think that just made him devalue anything else. Mm. And so the idea of, like, oh, let me respect this person's, like, lifetime and wait. Mm-hmm. I think that that he was just, like, impatient about that. Like, because mm. he also had this plan to take all the kids. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, what if I fall in love with Lily? And, like, her son turns out to be the perfect match. That just creates, like, mm. you know, almost like a, it's a threat to his plan. I just had this hit me from mm. what you were saying. Yeah. I feel like there's a connection here. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm, like, working it out as we're mm. talking. To Rocket stealing those batteries, right? Mm. The annual axe batteries. Mm. I always want to call them Harby Larry batteries. Harby Larry batteries. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> and... Ego says that if Quill doesn't help him achieve this, mm. that he's just going to turn him into a battery. Wow. You know, and wow. like, I don't know what the connection is there, but I feel like there's like something. Mm. I feel like there's something to be said there of like almost like using people like Rocket didn't need the batteries. He mm-hmm. was stealing. He was stealing something that he didn't need. Mm-hmm. And and ego didn't have to fill the universe with himself. He, he wasn't making connections. Instead, yeah. he was just using people for his goal. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was almost like maybe maybe like the analogy or I don't know the I symbolism think, yeah. is like yeah. I, I think how I I would tie it together is almost like each each act symbolized a deep desire, mm. and I think that because Rocket did what he did because he just kind of like wanted attention yeah he kind of like it was like a father-son situation you know Mm. and 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 where he's just like acting out Mm. in order to 
get like uh peter's attention mm. and even like where it's like oh you know almost like see me see me and and because in the end yeah you're right like he, he goes like yeah he's like he didn't push them away like he even though he did dumb things he mm-hmm. like they still stuck with him and and it's so amazing just to see that like that he he just he, that's all he wanted Mm-hmm. With all the acting out, that's all he was crying, and it speaks a lot to your to your the theme you're gonna touch on um, about the unspoken things. Mm-hmm. And then on on ego side, I think he also had a desire which was to make everything like himself. Mm-hmm. And so, because he saw everything else, he after spending such a long time super lonely and by himself, he finally meets other creatures. Mm-hmm. He's unimpressed with that Mm -hmm. and he's like okay for me not to feel lonely i need to like spread myself and have other things or or make everything else like me so that i have like this company around so he had he also had a longing for some sort of company but he just wasn't like impressed with with what he found he wanted to use peter as a battery to almost in a sense feel this emotional like need that he had mm. uh which is super twisted yeah but. yeah what do you um we touched on rocket for a second there yeah what did you think of the pairing of rocket and yandu like what do, what do you think yeah. about that i think it's very much kind of like i i would make a comparison between stuck uh the relationship between rocket and peter with staka and yandu mm. i think I think that like Yondu, yeah, he wanted attention. He wanted he 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 was he was kind of the personality that lashed out and did mm. dumb things, in a sense to fill a void, you know. And I think Rocket is doing the same thing with Peter, so I think that's kind of where I I almost put a comparison there where they they have to have that conversation. But but Yondu is on the back end of that. Mm. He's kind of going like seeing a lot of things that he actually regrets. Yeah. He's like, I regret the fact that I did these things. Mm-hmm. I regret that I was lashing out and 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 he, he even says when he's um when he's up in the little jail on his ship, yeah, he says like I did a lot of stupid things when I was younger. Yeah. You know, and so he's filled with regret and with perspective, which is why he has that conversation with Rocket and where he's like because you're me. And yeah. then I love how Rocket, he rhymes, of course, and he goes, uh, what a pair, what a pair, uh, what a pair are we? Or something like yeah. that. And I, I was like, that's cool. Like, I was like, that's really cute. But I think that's kind of where that, that relationship falls. I really like that part because I think you kind of get into Rocket a little bit more mm. because I feel like Rocket won't share things. On his own. But he needed someone. And to be honest, I don't even know that he recognizes that he even has those feelings. Mm. Because I don't... Like, he's been experimented experimented on his whole life. So it's like, he might not even be able to express what it is that he's feeling and why he does these things. He almost needed Yondu. Like, uh, and as an audience, we almost Mm. needed Yondu to sit there and be like, yo, you do this because of this. Mm. You do this because of this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I did. I really like that. I think it brought a lot of depth. Yeah, it, it, it did. It did. It, it definitely shows just the intentionality of the writers, like the writer, um, mm-hmm. you know, James Gunn. Um, he, he was very intentional about how every piece, every ca- character came together, mm-hmm. and I think he did a great job in, in, in creating that 
that those relationships and Mm -hmm. how those relationships work relationship works and creating the perfect scenarios for them to express how they're actually feeling yeah and i think that was necessary for for the story to really come together and create something really spectacular Mm -hmm. so um before we move on Mm -hmm. on to themes i did want to talk about one of my favorite lines in the entire movie (laughs) entire movie it's the part when Gamora and Quill are, are talking and Quill doesn't want to go off with his dad. He's mm. kind of like, you know, this dude hasn't been around my whole life. Like, how can <laughs> he just show up? And Gamora is talking about the time when he when he was talking about his dad mm. and how or he made up that his dad was was David Hasselhoff and yeah. all that. And, <laughs> and Gamora's like, listen, if he turns out to be evil, we'll just kill him. <laughs> and I just think that line is so, so funny. Because yeah. Because they do. He does turn out to be evil and they do kill him. So I just think that's funny. Um, One of the other things that it got me thinking about, though, was Quill finds out that he's special. You know, he finally finds out that he's special. He finds out who his dad is. He finds out that he's special. He's immortal. Do you think that it was easy in the end for Quill to choose to kill his dad? You know, that was the only option he had was Mm. to kill his dad. And in the process, he loses what makes him special what made him special in the first movie and able mm. to hold the power stone yeah. like he's now lost that like mm. what do you mm. what do you think about that i think that yeah peter wanted to be special even in the first movie he gave himself a code name yeah star lord but how many times do we even hear that in this movie he only says star lord like maybe twice yeah like he really like kind of almost like it's almost like gone and i think yeah like he wanted to have some sort of special identity something Mm. that made him stand out and so in the process i mean he he then he meets his dad it's just it's hard it's hard to let go of you know it's hard but i think that the thing that made it easier for him to do that is the fact that his dad killed his mom Mm -hmm. i think that was a deal breaker yeah because he almost went like he almost went 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 with it yeah you know he almost like kind of was like cool this is awesome i see it this is great and then the moment he's like, which is why I was upset to put a tumor in her. And he's like, what? And for me, the most ridiculous thing in this movie is when he goes like, when um, when Ego goes, oh, I know it's bad. He's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and that's just how much Ego devalued life. And yeah. um, But coming back to this, like, I think that that was the deal breaker. He killed his mom. And he squished his Walkman. <laughs> and uh, he squished my Walkman. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, like it's like it's like, hey, like you know, that's that's the deal breaker. It just showed that he was a jerk and he was messed up. And I think that Peter Quill was not afraid of, like, actually was actually willing to let go of this like part of him because I think he was just like, I don't want this. I mm-hmm. love the 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 part where. Uh, ego is about to die and he goes like like you're gonna stop being a god you know you're gonna stop being special and he goes like is that so bad yeah and i thought that was such a perfect response to saying you know what i would rather have these friends these guys around me mm-hmm. that i care about than be with this jerk who killed my mom and squished my walkman so <laughs> <laughs> I squished my walkman. <laughs> yeah i think uh i think also it helps that his whole life he didn't know that he was immortal because mm. it's almost like it's almost like it's not that hard to give something up that you just learned right you know that you just learned happened right whereas 
if he had known his whole life, like, oh, I'm special because I'm like, I have celestial, like, right. blood in me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. I think, I think just him knowing that Ego had zero compassion for other people like he would rather be around his other losers as he says in the first movie (laughs) than than actually you know pair up with this guy even though he is his dad right and it's something that he wanted his whole life and i also think that just like the reconciliation between yondu at the end Mm. i think that that adds a lot to it too i think if he if yondu hadn't come to like save him Mm. and been like you know, like I, I saved you. Like Yondu actually saved him. Mm. He probably mm. would have died, or he would have been given to Ego a lot sooner. And have. like, yes, Yondu was part of that, he but he wanted to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sad that Yondu then ends up dying. That that was that was hard. That was hard to watch. Yeah. That was hard, that was a hard part because you know you're I tear finally, up a little bit. Oh, uh, every time, every time, and it's like it's like well, you finally figured out. That while this guy really is like the person that has always been like there for me. Yeah. And then that person goes away. And I thought that was sad. Yeah. That part's really hard to watch. I also always like associate him with uh, The Walking Dead. The guy who plays Yondu. Because he (laughs) was that. He was that brother. You know. Oh man. He has. His death scenes are always really good. Mm. He's Mm. a good death. He's a great actor. He's a really good actor. Really good. Uh, now I'm getting all emotional from the time that he became a walker. And then his brother had to kill him because he was a walker. <laughs> now I'm getting emotional again. Aww. And I'm thinking about when the Ravagers came back. <laughs> Going between movies. Going between movies. <laughs> <laughs> so many emotions. We like to imagine that each person is like part of every universe. Yeah. So like we see all these characters we and many. we're like... We're like oh. all interwoven. It, it's all interwoven, all of it. Like like Nebula is also Doctor in, Who in Doctor Who. Amy Pond. Amy Pond. One of my favorite companions. Yes. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> I do awesome. love her. I was so surprised that that was her. Mm. I was so shocked when I looked up who Nebula was and I saw that it was Amy Pond. Yeah. I was like, no, mm. no, no, no. She has a good American accent. Yeah. Yeah. She's a really good actor. Really good actor. I was really surprised. Yeah. I mean, she was like a tough character. Mm-hmm. She was like a tough character in Doctor Who, but she wasn't like Nebula's like. Yeah, Nebula's on another level. Like wild. Yeah, on another level. And she, it really shows a lot about like her, her acting. She's mm-hmm. really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let us dive into themes. Themes. Yay. Whee. <laughs> Is that us falling into the theme? Yeah, we're falling into the themes. <laughs> <It's> so weird. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I have two themes. I'm going to start with the first one. I really like this scene. It's when they're on Contraxia. That's the, you know, the planet where you've got like those, they look like they're like sex robots or something. Just Mm. really like, you know, it doesn't look like it's a good place to be. Yeah. And Stakar comes Mm. up to Yondu and he says, you didn't know because you didn't want to know because it made you rich. Mm. And I just find that so interesting because first of all, they're like in this area that's like not this like, 
you wouldn't think like the good guys hang out in this spot. <laughs> right. And also the Ravengers. Mm-hmm. They steal. They mm-hmm. literally steal from people. Like that's what they do. They steal. Mm-hmm. And yet they have this code Mm. That doesn't allow them to deal with children. Right. That's considered like below mm. even what they will do. And I, I just thought that this was really interesting. It really got me thinking like, what is the thing like in your life mm. that you pretend not to know because you want to do a certain thing? You know mm. what I mean? Like, have you ever like faked like not knowing something mm. Mm. or like, or you or don't, suspecting. or you don't really like look into it. Like you kind of suspect something, yeah. but you're like, oh, I'm not gonna look into it because like mm. I don't want to know. Mm. Like I think when I think about it, like the most recent thing is probably like we really liked Primark. Mm. You can buy so much clothing yeah. for like so little money. Yeah, and awesome you know clothing. we started hearing like rumors of like oh they use like child labor and all that, and I was like, ugh. I don't want to look into that just <laughs> let me let me have a huge wardrobe for like no money <laughs> and so like i didn't like i put it off for a little while and i was finally like okay courtney like we need to mm. like look this up yeah because because i i don't want to support that like yeah i don't yeah. i don't want to ignore something that i suspect because i want myself like i don't want the the almost like i don't want that on my conscience yeah i, I like the primark example because I, I think I got hit the most by that <laughs> because <laughs> I love skinny jeans and Primark has the best skinny jeans. And so at a, at a cheap price, I, I really struggled with, with, you know, making that change because I just moved to the States and I had no idea where the cl- where clothes I liked were. Mm. It was everywhere I went, it was like, you know, kind of like, you know, ch- checked shirts, checkered shirts, and, and you know. <laughs> not and, hipster enough. And not hipster enough, you know, and wide jeans. And I was like, I don't want that. I want skinny jeans. And so I love Primark because I was like, this is my vibe. This 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 goes this goes with who I am and what I love. And, and so I struggled. I struggled really hard. And I, you know, usually I'll be like, no, no ways. Like when I heard about it, and we're living in a time where a lot of that is happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of that. Mm-hmm. And where brands get exposed for yeah. doing certain things that yeah. are wrong, and people have to decide whether they're gonna keep supporting it or not. And I think it's so easy sometimes for you, for us to just shut it down and say, "No, no, 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 that's wrong. That's a lie. That's a lie." When, when actually, like if we look at it, we might have to make some life changes mm. in order to make a statement. But it's a hard thing to do. Oh, you know what one was almost the hardest for us? Mm. When Starbucks had the whole, the cops got called on that. Yeah, yeah, on that the, was um, hard. Oh, on the African Americans. Oh, my word. And that was like in Philly. Like, guys, that was not right. far from where we live. Like, right. maybe like half an hour away. Like, right. not far from where we live. Yeah. And we were like, Shalom and I were like, oh, no, we can't go to Starbucks anymore. Yeah. But their reaction was really good. They I loved their really reaction. Well. They really responded really well. I, I I was so happy about it. We're like, whew, we can go to Starbucks. We can still go to Starbucks. Oh, we Starbucks. Because to be honest, that was another <laughs> moment where I would have been like, uh, I mean, one person right. for the whole right. like company. Right. right. But honestly, how a company reacts, like that that should matter to us. It should matter. It really should matter. It should matter. And even things like I actually thought it was really interesting. I was um I was on Instagram. And I was looking, there was this, this one girl who sells, sells paintings on Etsy Mm. and 
she was posting on her story about about like all the excess things mm. that companies give you when they ship you things yeah like the excess like packing peanuts and the excess mm. and she's like this is so wasteful mm-hmm. like look at how wasteful this is this is yeah. ridiculous you can't recycle any of this mm. and she's like even when i ship my products like technically i'm recycling if i reuse these boxes and i reuse these packing peanuts mm. but it's like i don't want to use the packing peanuts because yeah. i don't want someone else to just throw these packing peanuts out right so it was really interesting that right. like she felt like that was something as a self-employed person that she should kind mm. of expose like mm. the amount of waste that we use yeah. as creators as mm. as a small business and i just i thought that was really interesting and, and just kind of cool yeah yeah I, I i i think that's definitely it's hard. It's so hard, like to to make those statements. It's so hard because you're making, you're stepping into a space where you might be by yourself, and mm-hmm. you might be the only one who actually cares about those things. Yeah. And and I think we need to just reach a point where we're like, okay, to do that to say, hey, like establishments need to know that they can't step outside, you know, the 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 boundaries. You know, they yeah. can't step outside the law and do things that are bad, and still succeed. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens is because we fall in love with a brand or with something that we love, yeah. and then we turn a blind eye to things that yeah. are bad, As and we don't want to mm-hmm. even look into it. Sometimes, like like I I remember when the Primark thing came up, I was like, I don't want to Google it. I don't want to go Google. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't. It. I don't want. Although apparently they have now corrected. They've now that. corrected it. Yeah, and and so. I then had to do that and kind of like okay, and then those the straws thing that we oh, don't yeah. use we don't use plastic straws anymore, you know, and and all the turtles like all the turtles, <laughs> and so like because it's that's just what's right. Like we need to mm. take care of the planet, but it does mean when there's some things that we enjoy so much that we then turn a blind eye to. We need to look at those things and actually reevaluate do our research and if mm. we need to do something about it it's hard but we we do we do need to do something and 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 make the world a better place i know that sounds like a michael jackson song because those <laughs> are the lyrics to a michael jackson song but yeah like that's what it is you know yeah and just like talking about companies i i do think that this happens like a little bit more on like a company level it's like how many times have you heard like a higher up in a company be like oh, we didn't know that, like, this mm. was happening or that was happening. Mm. And it's, like, because you're sitting there and you're, like, we need to make a profit. Where can we cut corners? And it's, like, it's always less – it's always better for the company, better in quotes, to, like, cut corners. Like, mm. it's always better for the company yeah. to cut corners instead yeah. of, you know, hiring the right people or doing the right things in order to actually actually do what's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you do – as a company, you want to make a profit. Yes, so it's like I understand that you want to make a profit mm-hmm. and sometimes you turn a blind eye to things. But yeah, mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying where it's like mm-hmm. as consumers, I yeah. think it it's also it's hard mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, my gosh, I need to do I need yeah. to look into everything that I buy. And it's like, yeah, you know, I think it, where where you can mm-hmm. do it as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, an- another another big one that we we like a good example is Ara Kelly. Mm. You know, because what happens, mm. you know, like in the industry is that a lot of these artists, they work together, producers, and you're you're around the artist and you know what the person is like. Yeah. 
and that's why a lot of a lot of artists started posting going like we're sorry for for doing this we're sorry for working with that person we're gonna take it down or do this mm. sometimes the artist they know that this guy's a jerk and this is the kind of things that he does and they turn a blind eye to it yeah do you know why because he's famous and he's like oh i want to work with you them. it helps them yeah so it becomes so easy to kind of like look away because you're 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 making money from yep. it and then now like people are going like wait a second like yo lady gaga did you not know that this guy was a jerk and doing mm. all these crazy things mm-hmm. or you know when you worked with them hey you did you not know like and so people are brought into question now and, yeah. and ask these questions and i think it is good to ask those questions because we need to know that hey like if you see someone that you're working with or you're around that actually you know is doing some really bad things like we need to confront those things we need to confront you know a lot of things and we're living in a time when that is so important to do Mm -hmm. i think that my other theme would be unspoken needs I think there was a lot of things that were like unspoken. I think the most obvious one was between Gamora and Quill. Like they mm. actually keep referencing it. Quill keeps referencing it to Gamora. He's like, there's an unspoken thing between us. And mm. she's like, there's no unspoken thing. And he's like, an unspoken <laughs> thing. And, you know, Mantis can clearly see, quote, unspoken things because mm-hmm. she can feel it. <laughs> right. So, you know, she pretty early in the movie is like, you feel love, sexual love, like which is hilarious. <laughs> For her, and Drax loves it. <laughs> Drax, I've never felt such. <laughs> to me, to me, to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're so funny. But I also uh. think I also think that there were other spoke unspoken needs between. You see it with Nebula and Gamora, and mm. Yondu and Quill. And with Nebula yeah. and Gamora, that one that one gets me, like really mm. gets me every time mm. just that one part when they're fighting you know <laughs> nebula flies, flies all the way across the galaxy to fight gamora <laughs> literally like which is crazy mm-hmm. and like she should be called out for that craziness but it's also like they were made to fight each other mm-hmm. and nebula never won she never once won mm-hmm. and gamora won every time mm-hmm. and Nebula just wanted a sister. She just mm. wanted someone to care for her yeah. and make it fair. Right. And Gamora the whole time, because Nebula never said these things, mm. just expected Gamora mm. to like know it. Mm-hmm. She felt yeah. like Gamora was merciless to her, basically. Mm-hmm. She felt like Gamora was merciless and perfect and all these things. Mm. But Gamora didn't know that. Gamora was a scared child, you know? She was a child who was taken by Thanos and and was made to fight into this perfect assassin. And it's Mm. like, they both were in a crappy situation. But it's like, because Nebula had never, like, spoken those things, it's like, this whole time, Mm. (laughs) this whole time, Gamora's sitting there like, my sister's crazy. Mm. And it's like, Nebula feels like Gamora is merciless. Mm. Which mm. she kind of is, mm-hmm. but it's like because it was never spoken mm. and it was never talked about, like there was never that conversation. There was that never the conversation, right? Until now, until now, yeah. when like finally Thanos is like kind of out of the picture. I mean, yeah. he's still in the picture, but kind of out, mm-hmm. and they're on their own. And then it, you have the same thing. You have the same thing with Quill and Yondu, where mm. Quill never actually recognizes that Yondu didn't just steal him. Mm-hmm. Like 
Yandu was actually protecting him, but Yandu never explains that. He never mm-hmm. says to Quill, mm-hmm. like, hey, like, I'm adopting you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I couldn't give you to this man who was going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You he know, pro- he protected him the whole He's time. He's actually protecting him. Even if Yandu said no, you know, Ego had found a way to get to Peter. So yes. he, actually, that was a. You know, because in the first ep- episode, we said it was a kidnapping. Yeah. But really, in this epi- in this movie, we see that it was a rescue mission. Yeah. And Yondu wanted to save this kid who was actually getting, like, was going to get killed. Yes. You know, and it does speak to the fact that when you don't have conversation with people, especially when there are concerns, it's so easy to create a worldview. Mm. Um it's so easy to see life and, and, and people around you one way when things are actually the opposite of what you think it is, which is why conversation is so important about hurt, about especially yeah, especially mm. with hurt, yeah, especially, especially with, with hurt. when when you're when you're upset about something, allowing yourself to have the conversation so that you don't become bitter and then realize, oh snap, that person actually wasn't just attacking me. That person actually was trying to help me out. So, and then at the end of your life, you realize, oh, flip, like, I could have had a much better relationship yeah. with this person. And and I, I love the one, one part where where they're, like, on the on the on the little ship with the fight the whole fight scene and 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 peter's like you said you were gonna eat me and you're like <laughs> that was a joke that was just being funny and it was yeah. like not to me you know and so yeah. it does yeah it does speak a lot to hey like if you don't have the conversation it does it can actually damage a person yeah and and damage you and cause you to like have a worldview and eventually make decisions sometimes that actually can harm people or the people that actually love you and want to be there for you Mm -hmm. so yeah and i I really like the line like he might have been your father but i was your but i'm your your daddy daddy. like and i was like wow like that's that's actually like a crazy thing too and just Mm -hmm. in and just talking to like broken families or mixed families and just because you don't know who your dad is doesn't mm. mean that there aren't people who care for who care you enough taking care of you. Yeah. So my theme is you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I know I know we hear that so often, but I think that the application of of this is so important. I think that sometimes what happens like when you look at Peter, he wanted he had this ideal in his mind. Mm. Where like this is the ideal. Mm-hmm. So anything else that he had was not good enough. And I think we, we all have that. We all have a a thing in our mind that we're like, this is the ideal. This is ideal husband, the ideal wife, the ideal job, the ideal um, environment that I need. The ideal, like we were constantly thinking about the ideal. But what happens sometimes is when the thing that you really need shows up, we sometimes completely miss it because mm-hmm. we're looking to the ideal. We want the thing that, that's out there. And so we end up kind of like not treating what we have well. And so you look at, at, at Yondu and Peter, where Peter wanted this David Hasselhoff, you know, you know, <laughs> kind of type of person. And then yeah. he, at the end, he goes like, I'm realizing you are my David. Yeah. You were my David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And, and, and he's realizing this after Yondu dies. And I think, I think quite a bit about that in terms of like, wow, like what are things that... I look at it, I'm like, 
I have these misconceptions even about people around me that are, where I'm like that person is is this when the person is the complete opposite and then you lose that and then you're like oh my gosh flip like that person has been there for me this whole time so I yeah uh, I have had to ask myself this question pretty often where I've I've had a friend or been in a situation where I'm kind of like I'm I'm in the friendship, but I'm also look looking ahead and going like, yeah, you know what, you know what I need, I need friends that are this for me, mm-hmm. and I've had to stop myself and ask myself, what if this friendship that you have is it? Mm-hmm. You know, I've one friend that I've had way older than me, way older than me, and I'm constantly going like, you know, you know, you know what, like, you know, I've moved to the states and I've not had like good friends. I've not had good friends. Oh my gosh, I'm looking for friends. In my mind, I'm thinking of someone my age that I'm hanging out with. We have beers, we chill, we we talk about the same things, but I'm not realizing. Oh, flip! This guy has been always there for me. Has always we've we've I've been there for him. Uh, we've been we've talked about deep stuff. We've gone through different life seasons, and the only thing that I looked at was just the age difference. Mm. And I was like, oh, he's way older than me. So he can't, I can't say that's like my close friend. Mm. I'm looking for someone my age, but really I'm like, no, flip. Like this guy is actually a real friend that has always been there for me when like I've been like kind of like looking out to, mm. to find other friends. And so it's been really like, like I, I, I looked at that and I was like, wow, like that's something worth looking at and taking an inventory doing a Marie Marie Kondo type of situation <laughs> where you're like hey like take stock of the people around you and just say like hey like who are, who am I taking for granted like who mm-hmm. am I taking for granted mm-hmm. who am I like looking at and going like yeah they're there when really that's the person that's actually the best friend I'll ever have the best you know working relationship I'll, I'll ever have or the best boss or whatever really taking stock and asking yourself those questions and really making choices that allow you to experience the best life that you can. And so, yeah, it's just something I thought about, you know, it's definitely worth thinking about at least and, and trying to figure out how to apply it. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think, I think it's just kind of like human nature of like not knowing what you have until it's gone. Like it's, I just think that that's like, everybody feels that. Whether it's like a t-shirt and and you, and you like rip it and you're like, no, I'll never find one like that again. Or it's a relationship. I I just think that, yeah, it's one of those things where, where you don't really know. Mm. Because you almost become immune to things mm-hmm. that you have every day. Mm-hmm. Like you almost, you just become like immune to it. It becomes like the status quo. It becomes normal. Your, your brain almost almost like kind of mm. blocks it out you mm. know it, it's funny it kind of reminds me of have you ever like tried to describe something in your in your life that you see every day like like <laughs> right. what what color are the roofs of our apartment i'd be mm. like round right maybe black <laughs> like i see it every day but it's like i i almost think it's like one of those things where it's like you kind of have to practice mm. like gratefulness like you mm-hmm. have to practice being grateful for things because i think naturally as humans i think we are selfish i think we we can get self-absorbed really easily and you almost have to practice looking outward mm. and being grateful like that's actually something that you need to practice and just be mindful of yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to round up. So first of all, we want to thank everyone who has been writing us. Yay. Not to toot our horn, but I'm going to. We now have five stars. Five stars. <laughs> toot, toot, toot. Toot, 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 toot. <laughs> Does a horn go toot? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much to everyone who's rated us. It really means a lot. Again, it does make us more visible. So now other people will more easily be able to find Almost Nerdy, which we're super, super grateful for. Um, just to look forward a little bit, we are moving on to Age of Ultron next week. And then we have Ant-Man. Ant-Man. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah, my gosh. it's going to be a good one. And then looking even farther forward, Endgame, that will be released on may 2nd i know may seems really far away but i just think it's gonna come quickly mm-hmm. and then we're gonna move on to hawkins talkins hawkins talkins because be so we good. are diving into stranger things mm-hmm. one of our favorite shows there's so much depth so much just there's gonna be so much to go into mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that series i'm yes. really really looking forward to that yeah and then we're also just looking for suggestions is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like us to cover any movies um i did put a poll up on our instagram story i'll probably be putting that up like once a week just Mm. to see we don't mind doing bonus episodes we like it so yeah 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 definitely let us know what you would like to hear and yeah we'll see if we can make that happen all right thank you so much for joining us on this nerdy journey see you next week Game over.